Good evening, family. Welcome to Faith Harvest Worship Center Roundtable Discussion. My name is Pastor Robert Ingram, and to my left, I have Elder Carvella, who's joined me tonight. And um, it gives me great, great pleasure to be with you tonight and to share God's word. Um, we have a real good topic here, and I believe this is something that so many people are dealing with right now. That, that we're having a hard time with our children, family members. We're suffering from an identity crisis. So tonight's topic is identity in Christ. Who are you? And I ask you that, who are you? Are you being influenced by the world and the world dictating who you describe yourself as? Or are you identifying yourself who Christ has this? Um, identified you as. And here, we're going to start off with the scripture, John 1.12. And it says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he has gave the right to become children of God. And I say to you, family, God has given you that, Christ has given you that authority to be called children of God. To If you have received him, and you believe in him, you are a child of God. So you shouldn't be suffering from the things of this world, the identity crisis that the world is suffering from. You shouldn't be following the influencers trying to be like everyone else because God created you uniquely to be one of a kind in the body of Christ. Amen? So my question to you, the first question, who am I? Who am I? Now, that question is for me. For you. My personal testimony then, that I am a child of the king, and how do I know that? I have been primed, shaken, brought up, and developed in the word of God when I accepted Jesus Christ as my savior. Now, how do I know that? Because the word said I was created in his image. Okay. And I relate that to everyday life. When, when a father and a mother bear a child, that child has the image of their parents mm-hmm. on some level or another. Yes. And that image gets to be developed into the identity of that child through many processes. In our case, mine, as a believer in God, it was through the word that I learned what my identity was okay. in Christ. Now, before that, my identity was what the world was saying it was. Before that, I I was, uh, I'm going to keep it simple. You know, something which is really profound, a mother. The the world will tell women they're just just mothers. Mm -hmm. But every woman does not bear a child, even though they may be a mother. Every woman doesn't bear a child. So what happened to those who had, who did, never had children, were there, if my identity was a mother, then what happened to my identity? Some kind of disconnect happens. Okay. Some kind of disconnect happens. That disconnect didn't happen in the word, though, because every time you open this word, you can see your identity in the word in God because there's many examples of that. Mm-hmm. I just named one about so, the so word. Let me just ask you this question. So, and this is, this is speaking to women 
who may not been able to have children mm -hmm. or may have even lost children. Mm, that's a good one. They shouldn't feel a loss of that identity as a mother because that's that's an innate part of them, who they are. That's a part of their DNA. So so it may not be your child that you're mothering, but you are mother of God's children. Absolutely. Absolutely. So 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 it's a so it's a renewing of the mind yes. that has to take place. Yes. In order for them to do, and I, and I can understand that because I grew up without my father in my life, you know, and God dealt with me that because he told me, he said, you might not have had your father in your life, but I placed many men in your life to show you what it is to be a man. So, so by me recognizing that, and he told me, I am your father. You know, so by me recognizing the men that he placed into my life to show me good and bad what it is to be a man, I realized I, I didn't miss anything. So e even though I thought on the surface, worldly-wise, I didn't have a father in my life, mm -hmm. but he placed, he had that ram in a bush. So, so what I'm hearing, Pastor Robin, one of the things is that you, you say this often, many men in my life to mm -hmm. show me what our father was, which means that our identity is not just one thing, just stuck in one area. Be our identity encompasses a lot of information, attributes, strengths, weaknesses, ha all kind of characteristics, mm -hmm. which, yes. which are a perfect example of Christ. Christ. That's right. Because he's not one-sided. That's right. Okay. That, I, I just want to make sure that I, I was getting that piece. Yeah. Yes. So, so for you, are you having trouble discovering who you really are? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I know this is something that's relevant going on right now in society because we have so many influencers mm -hmm. out there, you know, who, who's trying to dictate who you are and telling yeah. you even who you think you are. Is okay, even if it's not right. Mm -hmm. A righteous act of, of a person that you should be, you know. But the world say, if it's how you feel and what you think, it's okay. That's, that's your identity. You can be whatever you want to be, uh -huh. <laughs> you know. And, and it's so unfortunate that we have so many copycats. Yes. Oh, my. We're living that's in good. a copycat society where everybody has to be doing what someone else that's does. Good. You know, we're worried about positions. I got to be at the top. I can't be in the middle. I can't be in second place. I got to be at the top. I got to be the head all the time, even though you're not really headship. Mm -hmm. mm. You know, and, and, and those are the things that, that we tend to miss. And, and in the body of Christ, mm. everyone mm. plays a role. Mm. Everyone has a part. Mm. It doesn't matter what position. You to be the pinky toe, the big toe. The forefinger, whatever it is, it all has a part for the body to function as a whole. It does. And, and, and what we do in society, it tells you, you got to have a certain status. You got to be in a certain position. You got to have certain things. And that's why the word tells us we're in this world, but we're not of the world. Yes. So that's why in, in finding your identity in Christ, it's going to have to take a renewing of your mind. Yes, absolutely. So. Psychologist tells us some of the major factors necessary 
to have a healthy self-esteem are to feel love, mm -hmm. to have a sense of purpose, to feel secure, to feel significant, and to have a sense of belonging. This sounds like a lot of things we're missing in the world. It does. A whole lot of things we're missing. And we wonder why we're suffering from identity crisis. Because if you're missing being loved, you're missing having a sense of purpose. If you're missing feeling secure, if you're feeling in insignificant and not belonging, how can you have an identity? You know, it is so hard because these are the things of the world. But in Christ, all these things are in you already. Already, all of them. All these things are in you wow. already. And I can identify, I can relate to those things that, that I thought I didn't have before I began to have my relationship with God and knew who I was. You know, because I felt unloved sometimes. I felt insecure. You know, I felt insignificant. I thought I couldn't be used until God told me otherwise. You know, and then I found my purpose. And now I'm doing things I never thought I would be doing. You know, and I'm being purposeful and I have a significant role in society and helping wow. make a difference in other people's lives and not just my own. I just got to stop you here because I was I was listening to you talk and then I, I looked down at the scripture that you originally pulled out and started reading a piece of it, it kind of hollered <laughs> at me. Starting, this is, we're still in John and this is John 1 beginning at the 21st verse. And it says, this is a... Uh, um, it says, they asked him, who then are you, <laughs> Elijah? And he said, now we're talking about John. John's responding to these questions. He, John, and he said, I am not. And then they asked him, are you a prophet? John says, no. And then they say to him, who are you then? Tell us that we can give an answer to those who sent us. So that means other people are asking who he is. They want to know who he is. What do you say concerning yourself? That's our question mm -hmm. on the table today. John says, I'm the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. And then he explains what he's crying out. Make straight the way of the Lord, just as the prophet Isaiah said. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot, but what that said to me, and all you were just you just were talking about, that it clarified some things. Because John wasn't trying to be somebody who was out amongst the whole world and the whole world was listening to, as the prophets were. He wasn't trying to be Jesus Christ, who mm -hmm. was sent to save the world. He said, I have one, one purpose. One purpose is to tell everybody else about the one that's coming. That's my whole purpose. That's my identity. You don't have to look for nothing else. And today, that is so powerful in us because we want to look, we want to be a whole lot of things. And we are more than what it appears to be. But when we walk in the purpose that God sends us into, our identity becomes crystal clear. And we don't fight against or with the world about who we are, what we should be doing, and how we should be doing it. And that, it just, I, I just see that happening a lot 
um, you know, the war in Ukraine. We're, we're not here to control or other people. That's not what God called us to do. That's right. And, and, and so that's no man's purpose. And it surely can't be your identity if it's not your purpose. So we get really mixed up in this, and it causes these kind of conflicts when we have these identity crises going on. And it becomes a controlling factor. It does. You know, what we talked about, I always got to be at the head. Somebody got to be at the head. Somebody got to be the leader. And, and that's not what God is calling us to. He's calling us to be the, he's the head. We are the body. So we fall under the leadership of the head, which is Christ. And as we fall under the leadership, which is the head of Christ, everything else would line up. You know, and he said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, if we began to find that love, we were having a conversation earlier today when we love each other as brothers and sisters. There's no issues that we have that we cannot communicate and be able to solve. You know, I had a, I had a class today and we were talking about wisdom and foolishness and how you respond and how you were you using wisdom or foolishness? And right now, you talked about what's going on in Ukraine. They're not using wisdom. It's foolishness, you know, because had they used wisdom, what they're doing now, sitting at the table and having conversations on how we can solve the issues that we may have, lives wouldn't be lost. And, and that's the difference with having love for people and not saying, just casualties of war, you know, and because if we had love for one another, there would be no war. You know, that's so interesting. You're reminding me of another conversation I had earlier today with my husband, and we were talking about how our young people and some of the more mature are fighting for their identity, and it's so relevant or so uh, you, you see it so much because of the fight on the streets, the gun violence, the turf violence, the this is mine and this is yours and you have to do it this way and this belongs to me, all for the purpose of establishing who they are for a very small portion of ge- geography. That they don't own. That they don't own. So, so even if for some way they control that area their identity is still not established because it does not belong to them different from in the kingdom where where Christ has has given us a, a, a kingdom a power a glory and 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 things that belong to us that we don't have to battle for and it does not affect or it doesn't have bearing on our identity. It doesn't make our identity. It enhances our identity. Maybe that's a better way for me to say that. Amen. Yeah. So here it says, and, and going back to John, John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that we And that is what we are, children of God. And it goes on to say, if my love for my son David can be so true and deep, how much more is it true about God's love for us, his children? And the second important question to ask is, 
Whose voice am I listening to? Whose voice are you listening to? See, there's, we talk about this here in the church a lot. There's three voices you hear, you know, and all of them sound like you. But one thing about these voices, one of the voices out of all the voices you hear, most of the time is opposite of what you want to do. It's opposite of what you want to do. And what I've learned, and I want you to recognize this also, is that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. God giving you a sense of direction that where you're going, what you're thinking is not the right way to go. And if you begin to trust that voice that you hear in your head that sounds like yours but opposite of what you want to do, guaranteed you're going to start seeing differences in your life. But you got to begin to trust that voice. Amen? So, so let me, if I can, for, I, I th- always think of my grandchildren when we start talking like this. Can they get this? So, so if you think about this, Pastor Rob just talked about these three voices, these th- three talks, th- three sounds that are coming in your head because that's where it really starts. We often say the ears. We hear it, but, it, the, but the sound really comes into the mind. It's the talking to the mind that happens mm-hmm. here. So, but it sounds like our voices, our personal voices. But how, so how do you know which one of these that you should follow? Pastor, what Pastor Rob is saying is that one of those voices is going to talk about what you want to do, how good it makes you feel, things that you get used to doing, things that you may desire to do and know are not good. Then another one of those voices is probably going to be talking to you about the things that are totally wrong. Example, we just talked about the, the turf wars that are going on. You know, to kill your brother and sister. You know, even if you've never wor- read the Bible, to kill another human being is not what most people want to do. It's nothing godly about it, and it's nothing productive about it. Whether you, self-defense, whatever you want to call it, it's, it's not good. And then that other voice that tells you to do something that brings you into a place of peace. Mm. Peace in your mind, peace in your life, peace in your home, peace in your job. So if you're hearing these three different voices, how do you know? Gauge it by that. Those voices, one of those voices is always going to tell you the truth. That's right. And, and another thing, and we talked about this last week with Pastor Bruce, and we're talking about the soul and how the soul mm. grieves, grieves mm. from abusive parents. Yes. Deliberate employers, Mm -hmm. you know, bitter Mm -hmm. Mm ex-spouses, belittling boyfriends Mm -hmm. or girlfriends, Mm -hmm. bullying coaches, you know, small town gossip, rejection letters. All those things play play a part. Those things you begin to hear, that baggage, Mm -hmm. that baggage that you had from your past, those things play in your head and they affect your future. They affect your present. You know, and we can't move forward wow. because you see someone wow. that may, wow. we, we talked about that. We see somebody that reminds you or, or see an action that reminds you of something of your past that happened, an abusive parent or ex-boyfriend or girlfriend. And it, and it, and it bothers you and it moves you and, and, it, and it affects your identity of who you, you are. Yes. You can't let go of that. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you become stuck. You become stuck based off of your past situation and, and, and you begin to lose your identity in those areas. 
you know, and that's why it's so important because, see, the voices, it's not just voices, it's images too. Absolutely. It's images. Absolutely. And that's why it's important that we protect the gates, yes. the eye gates, the yes. ear gates, because yes. magazines you might look at, something you might hear on the radio, those things affect your identity. Right. We begin to lose that's ourselves. Right. We right. lose our children that's because right. we can remember, I can remember hearing my mom say, my grandmother telling my mother, uh, y'all listen to that, that, um, what is that? Uh, 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 it wasn't it wasn't house music. It was uh, with Donna Summers and all. Um, oh was, yeah, uh, they call it the. Um, I want to say dance music, but it's not called dance music. <laughs> yeah, but it, we call it, it house music too. It, it almost was like what, what they said about rap for us yeah, when yeah, I was yeah, growing yeah, yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. You know that it was that that funk music. It was <laughs> funk. It was even worse than that. But. That music, how it had an influence on us, and it said it began to change us because we started listening to that secular music. Yes. You know, those things play a part in our identity. Yes, it does. You know, that plays a major part. It says, as believers in Christ, you are a child of God and heirs to a kingdom, heirs to a kingdom. In Romans 8, 17, it says, if we are children, then, then we are heirs, heirs to God and co-heirs to Christ, with Christ, if indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. Elder spoke on this a little earlier today. Mm-hmm. We, we, have, we are inheritors yes. of the kingdom yes. of God. So if God created all the earth and everything in it, there is nothing mm-hmm. that we can't have. That if he's, if he's ordained it for us to have. Mm-hmm. You know what happens? Because sometimes we start chasing after things that don't belong to That's us. Right. And we've That's seen right. the enemy even try to trick Jesus into carrying out some things that wasn't ordained to him for right then at that time that God didn't. So he, 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 he rebuked the enemy. And that's what we have to do. We have to be able to rebuke the enemy because if it's not for us, it's not for us. Yeah. And we got to be able to recognize that because the enemy will try to trick you and bait you into some things that you're not really ready for. You know, that's really powerful because when, when uh, the Holy Spirit led Christ into the wilderness, into the mountain, for his mountaintop experience. The enemy tried to show him all these things and promise him all these things. And that happens to us as human beings. He shows us some things, and he then says some things to us. He said to Christ, uh, this is the enemy talking to Christ. A few times he said, if you do this, then I'll give you that. And, and oftentimes that's what happens in our minds that makes us get tricked up in our identity because Christ held on to his identity. Why? How do we know that? Because he in turn tells him, for one thing, man should not live by bread alone. And he remains in his position. It is difficult when we hear this in our minds and don't counteract it with the word and with the spirit of God so that we don't lose who we are in, while we're hearing this. An enemy will play it over and over again in our heads. Mm-hmm. He, he, the same words, and how do we know that? Uh, Pastor Rob, you just talked about TV commercials. Yeah, that's right. Oh, my heavens. How many times, I, we laughed about this the other night. How many times have we sat in front of the TV and seen the same commercial, and I counted it one night, 22 times in 30 minutes, I saw the same commercial. 
That means it's playing over and over in your head. And it just so happens to be a young lady who's dressed in some very sexy, sexy lingerie. And I'm going, can you imagine how many young people now are identifying with the sexy lingerie versus with maybe the mother who's sitting on the side or the person who's shopping in the store or who's working in the store where this lingerie is being purchased. They, all they saw was the lingerie. That would change your, your thoughts about how you should see yourself. That's right. I, 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 just, I thought it was powerful that when Christ was presented with this and the enemy starts speaking to his mind, he counteracted so that he knew his identity was real. He knew, already knew that all of that already belonged to him. He didn't have to fall for all of that stuff. And that's where our identity concerns usually fall in. We don't know what already is ours. So, so this here is a good segue. It says, our time on earth is spent loving our father and building his kingdom, ah, which he freely shares with us now and in eternity. He has given us full access to himself, his character, his gifts, and his qualities. Wow. You know, and, and what happens is I'm teaching Bible to 7th to 12th graders. And, and one thing, one thing I've, I've found, and, and even talking with them, that a big part of our relationship, and we talk about maturity, you know, when we talk about the wisdom and the foolishness, you know, when, when I was a child, I act like a child. When I'm an adult, I put away the childish things, you know. And, and this is the part of growth, you know. And we all, as Christians, we all, as believers, grow at different stages. And this is what we got to be careful of as, as, as the body of Christ is building, is, is judging other people. When we are as a body, we're supposed to be connected. So if one part is weak, we're supposed to be able to lift it up. And that's why it's so important for us to be connected to one another. Just like we were talking about today, we should be free to be able to speak truth to one another without feeling hurt or ashamed. Because when we're doing it, we're doing it in a Christ-like love. Because we want to build each other up. We want to see each other grow to be who Christ called us to be. You know, and it's not saying that you're insignificant. No, it's saying that you are significant. And there's so much more God has for you. But I want to help you get there. And as I help you, you're going to help me too because you're a part of the body. Well, Pastor Rob is reminding me. When Pastor Rob starts talking on this, I want you to know he reminds me of so many things that are pertinent to our lives. I had a conversation last night with a group of people. We were on a Zoom meeting. And one of the young men on the Zoom meeting was on the Zoom meeting in a, I think the kids call them wife beaters. Uh-huh. Okay. And a wife beater. And um, uh, we were just about through the meeting, and his sister was on there with us. And she said to him, the next time we have our meeting, I need you to put a shirt on and not come to the meeting without a shirt on. Now, we're talking mature people. We're not talking 16, 17-year-olds. We're mm-hmm. talking well into the 40s, 50s years. And um, I immediately went to the protection side for him going, okay, be careful now. We, we don't need to blast him in front of all of us. But I got corrected. And I so appreciated the correction that I got. One of the pastors on the line said, Elder, we are supposed to be in love with, 
with each other. We should l show love, and love means telling truth. Mm -hmm. And love means that we help each other go up in Christ, not staying the same, and that we show all of us respect. <coughs> Excuse me. And our men have to show our women respect, mm -hmm. like our women have to show our men respect. So he should not come to us dressed any kind of way because of his presence. Now, don't get this wrong, audience. We're really not talking about clothes. What we're talking about is understanding your identity as a man in Christ, presenting yourself in any situation in the way Christ would want you to present yourself. And if you do that, that means we, as, as a family, hold each other accountable, not because we're judging each other, but because we're helping each other. I do have one disagreement Come with on, that I part. Hear that. And, and a part of it is what Christ said, if you have a disagreement with your brother and sister, you approach that your was brother my approach. and sister. And then if they approach. don't receive it, then you bring an elder or a leader approach. into it. You know, because what happens is, and I, I, I've done business management, and I've, I'm in a leadership position. I've been in a leadership position. And what happens is if you come with someone with a negative automatically my defenses are going to go up. And if I come to you with that negative in front of other people, I feel a little less than, you know, like I don't know any better. Or any, but if you approach me one-on-one -on -one and we're having that conversation and you point out to me what you just said, I would receive it a whole lot better, you know. And, and so I, I agree with what he said as far as us being able to approach each other in that manner but when we have those issues I think we need to approach each other one on one and have that conversation and then if, it, if they don't receive it then you can bring it in you know if I have an issue with my brother I'm going to speak to my brother first and if my brother don't do the right thing I'm be like mom look I told UK he need to take out that trash and right, he, right, right. he ain't do it I had to do it can you please talk to him you know what I'm saying? And that, that's love. And I'm in a total agreement with you because that was my position. Mm -hmm. we, if the word says, if you have ought with your brother, that you're supposed to go to your brother. Right. That's the first thing. Secondly, if the, the word talks to us about how to bring correction and or direction to one of them, and that's what Pastor Rob was just talking about, and that was my position. My, my standing in correction was, not remembering that we all were earnest with each other. I still kept my position, though. Mm -hmm. The word would tell me to pull him to the side because you, you don't cause aught to your brothers because that does create an identity concern. Yes. Don't make them start questioning whether they are, for lack of a better term, all man. That's not that because that's not the issue on the table. And, and, and that's what that's and, and unfortunately it happens in the body of Christ too, too often. often. And 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 the people we supposed to be saving are we chasing them away. And we have to do a better job as a body of Christ in understanding and recognizing the immaturity of some people who are coming into the word. And even if they backslide, they might have been in the Word for 10, 20 years and still make some errors. But it's not for us to judge. 
God will deal with them. Our job is to try to uplift them, try to build them up. It's not for us to stay in their mess. No, we're not supposed to stay in their mess. If that's, that's their mess they want to stay in. Our job is to give them the information, how to do better, and be there for them when they're ready to make that move. Absolutely. And that is the part of it, of helping people understand their identity. That, that God had called them to be more than a conqueror. So you don't have to stay in a place of weakness because you are already a conqueror in this. Let me, as your brother, help you, show you through the word. This is not based on our opinion. And love. And love through the word. That's not right. my opinion. Through the word and love. Those are, those are powerful two means of uplifting people and helping them to understand their identity. You can love a person into position into their position, not the one we create for them, the one that God said they are, so that they understand that, that that word we say, love covers a multitude of sins, it doesn't mean we allow people to continue to stay in their stuff. It means that we love them as in they grow, of. right, in spite of it, as they grow into, into who God's Christ. calling. Amen. So here it says, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you are the temple of God's dwelling. You, family, are the temple of God's dwelling. And here in 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? Being the temple of God, God's dwelling shines an entirely new light and responsibility on taking care of our bodies, our minds, and spirits. Our new motive in caring for ourselves is not to be loved and accepted by people on the outside, but rather to care for ourselves because of God who lives on the inside. This is also this also challenges and inspires us to in our daily behavior because we know that to take care with God with God with us everywhere we go. We got to take care cuz God is with us. Every, I told the kids today. I said, "Look, do you believe God is with you?" I said, "Do you believe God is at home with your mother and father?" I said, do you believe God is in Puerto Rico with your grandparents? I said, so God is everywhere. We can't limit God's space. God has all the space. God is in every place. So I said, there's nothing that we can do that we can hide from God. Wow. And, 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 that's, and, and it's funny because we were talking about the temple today. Wow. We were talking to them about their God's temple. They're the, they were God's house. You know, and how important it is for us to honor God in, in our being and in, in the things we do. And if we recognize that, that part of us, we can really stand firm on who we are. Yeah. Yeah, That's so important. I told him, I said, Prince Albert and Prince Harry, they don't have no identity crisis. They know they are princes. They don't have no question, no doubt. And what happens is everybody else knows it too. Because how they present themselves, yes. how they stand, even if they didn't know them, they would know there's something special yes. about them. Yes. Just because of the presence. And that's the same thing God wants to have in you. To, when people see you in their presence, they know that there's something special about you. That's powerful because that, that scripture, most of us don't recognize that the temple of God had things in it that were made of gold. Mm. 
priceless stuff inside that temple of God where God's presence resided. There was gold in it. So if you, we are the temple of God, get your identity, y'all. If we are the temple of God and, and the, in the temple of God there's gold, that means there's value inside of each of us. That we have a place of gold or a place where God wants to reside and live in us, which has to be beautiful. Anybody know gold? It shines. Anybody know gold? It's weighty. Anybody know gold? It's valuable. It's also one, one of the few eternal materials, something you can touch in this world. The word says it will never pass away. So if that's what's in the temple, that's what's in you. The value of God is in you. So, oh, my God, what a great identity to be that valuable. And, and, and you know what happens is that, and, and I can speak for myself, and, and I pray you guys receive this out there, that sometimes we think God can't use us. You know, and, and I was one of those men who thought God couldn't use me because of the mistakes I've made in my past. You know, but... What happened was I didn't know his word. You know, I, I didn't know who I was in him. You know, I didn't realize that he used many people just like me who made some mistakes and, and used them to do great things in God's house for the kingdom. You know, and that's why that's why it's, it's important for us to realize here in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, the new creature has come and the old has gone and the new is here. So the things of your past, those are gone. Those are byproducts of who you were. You know, and, and it's, it's, those, are the, those are the things that became stepping stones to become the new you. You know, and that's why he said, greater things will you do through the words of your testimony. So through our testimony, through our testimony, through the things that God has seen us through, we become new creatures. And that's how God can use you. It says here, God sees us as a totally different being, a new creation because of his son who now resides in our soul one day. As promised in the book of Revelation, God will start over with a new heaven and a new earth. And all we will see and know is the new. Until then, let us start seeing ourselves as God sees us, living up to his vision for us and starting today. So today, family, I say if you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are a new creature. So start living differently. Start doing things different. You ain't got to wait until the by and by. Start doing it now. We here are living testimonies of a renewed beings in Christ not because we died physically, but we died to our old yes. self and a new self has been reborn. And that's the same thing that can happen to you. So you can let those old things die and become new today in Christ. Just change your ways. And know that this newness is a daily process. Daily. So 
So the new, the old thing that fell off today, there may be something tomorrow that's going else that's going to fall off. But Christ is with you all every step of the way. The word said he will complete the work he started until the day of his return. So we walk through this process of becoming new in the newness of Christ every day. The enemy would make you think you're not who you see, you God says you are because. Today, you didn't do what you did yesterday. <laughs> Not so. You're still more than a conqueror. You still, you're still the victorious one. You're still the healed one. You're still the whole one. You're still a royal priesthood. Even if today you may have missed the mark today, there is a God who says all we have to do is come to him and ask for forgiveness, repent of our sins. He will forget all about it. And throw it into the sea of forgetfulness, never for him to remember it anymore. And in doing that, you have the newness of life for the next day. Amen. Amen. It says here, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. It says, now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. And we were just talking about us being a part of the body of Christ. Here it says in the book that I've been reading, we've been talking about this, think and know, act like Christ. It says, as members of the body of Christ, you now belong to the largest family in existence. You have a seat at God's table, and one day you will sit at his table in full view of Christ himself, this great family. It says here, it says, um, led, by, led by our father, gives us a unique sense of eternal purpose and calling. Our talents and gifts take a significant meaning to the people around us, as well as to the kingdom as a whole. There are no greater purpose than to be associated with the purpose of God through the, his body and his family. Paul likens this to connecting concepts to growing and maturing in the physical body. Here he says in Ephesians 4, 15 through 16, he says, Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. We talked about that. He's the head, not us. He's the head. It says, that is Christ. For him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament. That's you, elder, all of us. We are the supporting ligaments that he's talking about. Growing and building itself up in love as each part does its work. So each one of us has a part to play. And that's the part that you have to recognize. And that's why you need to know you are significant. You have a purpose. You are loved. All those things we spoke about in the beginning, you had that in Christ. So you have a purpose. But you have to recognize that and know that by knowing your identity in Christ Jesus. Not through yourself. Not through the world. Not what anybody else say. It's through Christ what he says. You were born in his image. You were created in his image. He died for you and I for our sins, our shortcomings. So you are a new creature when we begin to accept him. 
And he's not telling us to be perfect because he was the only perfect one. So, so don't think that you got to be perfect and have everything all right before you come to him. No, he wants you in all your imperfections because he want to purify you. Elder talked about that Go How get purified? It got to go through the fire. So God wants you. He don't need nobody who ain't been through nothing. He wants somebody who's been through something, who got a testimony, who can speak for what God has done in their lives. And that's what it's about. That's how your testimony is going to change other people's lives. Your testimony is going to change your life as well. Amen. It's a test. And the money piece comes in and you're exhorting God after you've gone through the test. That's the money piece. I need to, uh, to add to this so everyone understands. God has said that, he, that you are fearfully wonderfully. and wonderfully made. The word fearfully in the scripture, in this scripture, means that he reverences you. That means he thinks highly of you. And then you're wonderfully made. That means all of those things that he's made you to be are beyond normal worldly comprehension. They are just magnificent. So your identity is much more than what the world can put on paper because it is a wonderful event when he created you. Know that your identity is powerful in Christ. Know that your identity is full in Christ. Know that your identity is your own. Our pastor often says this, and I love it when he does. I don't know how many billion people there are in the world. Pastor says it really good. So I'm just going to say maybe 7 billion or more people in the world and not one fingerprint the same. Out of all those people, that's fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. So I ask you this question, family, and, and you have to answer it for yourself. What difference does this make in the way you live today? You know, hearing this word, what difference does it make for you in the way you live from this day forth? Because it says, if you truly embrace in your heart your new identity in Christ, a significant difference will be seen in the way you approach each day. I go to, I, when I go to the school in the morning time, I go in there jovial and, and full of energy because I'm excited about what God is going to do because he's doing a new thing. If he gave you breath to breathe to wake up this morning, he, he, it's a new day to do something new, do something different. And that's why I'm always excited about the day because I just don't know what God is going to do. And what I find, he always blows my mind. I'm always excited because he's always doing something new. He's always giving me an opportunity to speak and to share and even to hear someone else's testimony. You know, and that's so significant because it just it just shows the glory of who God is. And that's the part that opens, it just livens me up because if he did it for him, he did it for he could do it for me. So those are the things that you should get excited for. Not jealous of your brothers and sisters. You should be excited because the, the same God who created them, he created you. And you are his children. So what they got, you can get too. You know, it might, it might be at a bigger extent or it might be at a lower extent. But don't matter. He going to give you what you need. So you need to be excited. Wow. The word says, for as the body is one 
and has many parts, and all the many parts of the one body are one body. What does that mean? Mm. We are all God's children, but we each have a part to play and an identity in it. And this is for someone who's feeling very uncomfortable about who you are. I had a conversation with my sister-in-law last night, and she mentioned when she was a teenager, she was what we all called the nerd. Mm -hmm. And she said people used to call her a nerd all the time, and she would just go home because she loved to read, and she still loves to read. And she would just love to read all the time. She said, but her grandmother said to her, just be who God made you to be. And she started to become comfortable with being the nerd. She enjoyed reading books. It made her happy, and it really has made her very intelligent. The truth is, just be comfortable in what, who God made you to be. And when you get comfortable in that, even if it doesn't look like what he made me to be, or what he made your mother to be, or your brother to be, or maybe even your best friend for you young folks, Y'all may not be anything alike, but you be comfortable in who God made you to be. Your identity is sure in Christ. He made you that way for his purpose, not for the world's purpose. And here I want to share something. It says here, many people struggle with accepting God's grace and mercy. But Paul's declaration of no condemnation means judgment, accusation, or bondage to sin are no more. We must believe in the work of Christ and walk into that freedom. And here in Romans 7, 24, in uh, Romans 8, 2, it says here, What a wretched man I am who will rescue me from the body that is subject to death. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in mind, I am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So, family, I want you to know today, as you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, sin and condemnation is no longer yours to carry. Christ has died for that for you so you can move in freedom. You are no longer a slave. Don't allow the enemy, don't allow man, don't allow anybody to speak, even yourself, to speak those things that are not true against you. You need to walk in the freedom that Christ has set for you, set for your life. Begin to walk in that purpose. Begin to be who God has called you to be because the kingdom needs you. You play a vital part in what God is doing in here. And if you're not doing your part, believe you me, 
God will, will go on. So he will use somebody else to take your place. But you have the authority and the power to do it. Don't allow the enemy to stop you because you already got the victory. You just got to walk in it. Know your identity in Christ. And this is what we're here to talk to you about, family. And we're about to end in a second. And before we end, as we always do, we're going to end with each person giving a, a, a scripture or a saying. And just a reminder as we say, the word is free. God's word is free. It's free to all. If you don't have a Bible, you don't own one, you could come here to Faith Harvest. We will make sure you have one. The word is free. However, ministry do cost. There's a lot of things that we're trying to do that we want to do that God is calling us to do. And it takes finance. And finance is a means here in this world. It has no meaning in God. It's, a, it's for here. It's for here, and we do need it to do the ministry that God is calling us to do. So if you want to sow a seed, sow a seed through our Faith Life app, you can dial, uh, I can't see that number because I can't, my vision is bad, but it should be posted up on, on your page. You can see it. So if you want to sow a seed, sow a seed because God, we will do what God has called us to do. Amen? Amen. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Elder Carvella. Share your last words you want to share today. 1 Corinthians 12 and 4 says, There are various gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. 6 says, There are various activities, but it is the same God who operates all of them in all people. I just want to encourage you to know that God has given all people gifts. And all of our gifts are unified for the building up of all people. So don't feel as if your gift is too small, too big, too little, too useless. Know that what God has given you in your identity, which is part of your gifts, is great in this kingdom. Mm. Feel free to use your gifts. The word says your gifts will make room for you. You don't have to work at making the room. Just use your gift. Amen. So here it says, because of your new identity in Christ, we can focus on building others up, not tearing them down. And I'm going to read from John, 1 John 4, 15 through 17. It says, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love, on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, family, we love you. Remember, your identity is in Christ. Know who you are. Don't have no doubt or no question because God loves you and let God live in you and let love pour out of you. We love you. God bless from Faith Harvest and the family. Have a blessed night.